Welcome back, beautiful. I first came across our guest today back in 2017 whilst we were training to become life coaches. Persevere, because you're going to go through pain before you get to the other side. Unknown to me, 2017 was the year that she hit rock bottom. Don't let the judgments of other people affect you. Fast forward to 2020, with a love and commitment to help others reach their self-care goals. She created Alchemy Vibes during the first lockdown to spread compassion, peace, the importance of self-care, and most importantly, love. Without further ado, let's give a huge welcome to holistic therapist, life coach, access bars practitioner, and the founder of Alchemy Vibes, Natalie Sykes, to Rebecca Ivy Show. How are you, Natalie? Hi, Rebecca. It's so nice to see you. I am feeling good today, excited to be on the show, and don't know what's going to come out my mouth. I've never <laughs> done anything like this before, so it's quite exciting to be here. Well, well, it's awesome to have you here, Nat. This is like the first time I've actually had someone to have a deep, deep connection with. We met initially, it was the, the mole, it was a transformational like coaching. That's when we became certified life coaches. That was yep. so long ago, Nat. I know, it was like 2017. 2017, wow. Wow, wow, wow. It was a life-changing experience because they paired loads of people. We were pairs. Yeah, we were. And then that's we when we coach each other each week. We did. <laughs> yes. And we really delved deep, didn't we? It opened up a whole new journey of discovery yeah. and um possibilities. Yeah. And you know, really looking at your goals and writing down what you want to achieve and taking practical steps to getting yes. towards where you want to be in your life. And I remember back in, when I look back to 2017, it was like one of the most difficult years I think I've ever had Yeah. because yeah. I had a really bad mental health breakdown mm. at the beginning of 2017 and was kind of in and out of psychiatric units. And was that during us being at Mo that was happening, you were in and out of the psychiatric unit? I'd just come out, but I you was just, very wow. unwell. And I wouldn't have known. Yeah. I wouldn't have known. Wouldn't have known. And that's the thing about mental health. You just, you can't see it. <laughs> that's it. I remember like getting on trains, traveling all the way to Mo, and I would just be like holding it together throughout yeah. the day. Yeah. And then I would get, it was just, a, I remember it. It was an amazing experience because it, it, I was around people and being around you at that time was amazing because mm. you you were so kind and so oh, were other stop people. It. Oh. and it was like a very very dark period of mm. my life I, I'm surprised to hear all that because as I said before I, I would have never known but but what did you tell yourself like how did you because it was three days but you managed yeah. to you came every single day yeah. and you were early what what did you tell yourself whilst you were going through things personally I knew that I had to get myself out of how I was feeling yeah. so I was feeling really suicidal like oh. every day I was waking up feeling suicidal because I had reduced my mental health medication mm. and it was having like massive physiological consequences on my body my brain yeah. my ability to function I remember like being so thin-skinned it felt like all my nerves were exposed mm. and I felt like these horrific like almost bordering on psychosis but just about staying in reality yeah and I remember like not sleeping at that time I wasn't sleeping at all and I was so tormented and 
hyper hyper vigilant anxious um manic very manic and I remember I think it was actually that manic part of me that got me there each day that kind Mm. of couldn't sit with myself in my body like for a second and I would just like okay what to do get up go out be around people and I knew that I was going through something really dark for a reason I knew that my purpose was to get through that and to come out the other side of it in order to be there for other people I'm a Nichiren Buddhist so Nichiren Buddhism speaks a lot about going through hell and coming out the other side to then inspire other people to do the yeah. same. Yeah. And that's kind of like what I had in in I in the back of my mind when I was mm. getting up each day and going to life coaching. That's amazing. So the back of your mind, you always knew something always told you that experiencing this to be of service for others, you yeah. know, especially being spiritual as well. You just know yeah. you'll have that inkling. And like a fundamental desire to live, despite the fact that at that time I didn't want to live. I used to use drugs to get through it. That was a great thing that worked for me for many years. And which which drugs did you use? So, well, it started off like smoking weed when I was young Mm. and drinking a lot. I always had like... a a very addictive personality from the get-go like sugar when I was young was a a thing and then smoking started smoking started smoking weed then it turned to alcohol and then I was always attracted to really dark seedy situations and people then basically I ended up on heroin and crack cocaine and that took my life for like (sighs) quite a few years there were so many rock bottoms in that because it's such um a violent like lifestyle as well there's some yeah, horrible people yeah. when you're when you're doing that and it's like the consequences for me became really bad and um to cut a long story story I woke up one one morning and my boyfriend was basically dying in front of me it turned out that he died because his pancreas oh, erupted and um and he was only 30 and something wow. clicked in me that day I was like I don't want to be a heroin addict I don't want my whole life I don't want to get to 50 and still be a heroin addict because mm. you know for years my days were waking up in the morning feeling ill withdrawing from heroin getting out the house trying to get money going to get the drugs coming back using the drugs and doing the same thing the next day. And it went that went on for so many years. And it just got so dark. Yeah, but there was yeah. part of me that always knew I'm better than this. I'm That's better it. than this. I know That's that it. I don't have to carry on doing this. I'm better than this. And luckily I had, you know, a really supportive family that I could ring up and say, I, I, I want help now. And I did that. I phoned up my family. I asked them for help. And I ended up going to a a rehab in South Africa and I stayed there for a year that was required for me at that time I needed to be removed from my environment Mm. and the horrible people I was surrounding myself with at that time to be put in a new environment with safe people with people that wanted the best for me and people who really wanted me to be clean and sober that's when I started my journey of recovery from addiction. So taking us back prior to taking the drugs, what was your like your childhood like? What was like family life like? And what led you up to taking the drugs? I look back on my childhood and I've got amazing memories, amazing, amazing memories 
Um, I went to private schools. My dad was a politician um, mm. and we were, you know, we had money. We went on lovely holidays. My parents were very sociable. We had lots of friends um, and I enjoyed school. I had friends at school. I was very popular, but there was something in me that wasn't right. I remember just always feeling very out of place very sensitive, very thin-skinned, lots and lots of self-loathing from a very young age. I remember like when I was like eight, I would look in the mirror and cry because I hated my body so much and I felt so disgusting from a very young age. And my sister was uh, born when I was eight. I think part of me felt maybe, oh, you know, she's better than me. And, you know, I have had periods in my life where I've done lots of therapy and gone well it's my parents fault or it's my mum's fault or it's my dad's fault and this is why I hated myself and you know I don't believe that today one of the main things that I've gone through in my recovery um, is taking responsibility for my own actions yeah. and what my choices led to because there was a period in my recovery when I first started where I was looking for somebody to blame yeah. to say well it's because this that and the other and you know a lot of the therapy that you do nowadays they they try and do that which is why I think I feel like I've come to the end of the road with therapy for me because talking therapy for me it's always about looking for somebody to blame for how you ended up. Mm. And I don't want to do that anymore. I want to take absolute responsibility for my choices that led to me becoming a heroin addict. And I was perceived as a, as a snob because, because my family was quite wealthy. So I went to the ends of the earth to prove to people that I wasn't a snob. Oh, and if that meant okay. like running around with Being people, a bit of a rebel because being of, a yeah. rebel. I totally rebelled against everything my parents wanted for me. Yeah. Um, yeah which yeah. was to get A levels, GCSEs, get to university, you know, and have a normal life. And I totally rebelled against that. And I don't know why to this day I did that. I still can't answer the fact why. What I what I can look back on is looking back and having compassion of myself a little yeah. bit. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I was a lost person. I had no self-esteem and I just wanted to be loved and I wanted to be liked. And unfortunately, I ended up meeting a guy when I was very young. I was like 14 and, and he was like a really bad influence. Like he's like the ultimate person that you wouldn't want to take home to your parents. Mm. And um, the worse he treated me, the more obsessed I became with him. Yeah. It was like... Um, it was like an addiction. Like I was totally obsessed with him and I, I wanted him to love me and I wanted him to like me. And he um, was, you know, a drug addict. And I ended up thinking, well, if I can't beat him, I'll join him because I don't want to lose this relationship. So I'm going to become a heroin addict with him. And that's what happened. Despite having really good opportunities, I, I wasn't interested. I just wanted to be a rebel and, and a like a party animal and mm. that party animal turned then got bored and then it was like heroin became a thing I was dealing with a lot of trauma uh, I was 24 when I got clean and sober and 
there was trauma upon trauma upon wow. trauma really bad like PTSD. Yeah. yeah yeah and so that shaped who I became and that shaped my mental health and you know the depression and the despair that I had to go through because also when you're using drugs to numb your pain you stop growing as a person so you stop growing emotionally physically spiritually so when I got clean and sober at 24 I was probably like a 14 year old my parents tried everything to help me you know they sent me away to mm-hmm. Australia yeah. to, to do a gap year my dad I remember my my poor dad once phoning me and telling me that if I went to university he would pay me to go oh wow um and I just I just wasn't interested Rebecca all I wanted to do was get high in a drug oblivion all the time that's what I was seeking in the end just oblivion from myself it got to the point where I couldn't even be clean or sober for like one minute it's amazing to see how your life has drastically changed and how you've completely transformed and that you had to go through all of that to, to be the person who you are today. When I first got clean and sober in 2007, um, the, the rehab centre that I was in in South Africa was a 12-step rehab. So in the rehab, they drilled into us like every day that we have to do um, like either Alcoholics Anonymous meetings or Narcotics mm. Anonymous meetings. Um, in order to stay clean and sober. So I've been doing AA for 14 years now, um, since I got clean and sober. And the AA philosophy talks about addiction being a disease of the mind and the body. Mm. So once you start anything like drugs or alcohol, once you put one in your system, it sets off a craving, a phenomenon of craving where you can't stop until you're in oblivion. And the only way to arrest that is by staying totally abstinent from alcohol or drugs in order to not set off that craving. Mm. So um, the 12 steps is a program that people use to get to the root of what their problems are through lots of doing lots of writing work, having a sponsor, doing meetings, helping other people in there. And It's actually a spiritual program. So step two of the program says that in order to stay clean and sober and not pursue addictive things for happiness, you have to find a power greater than yourself that can restore you to some sort of sanity around your mental health and addictions. God or higher power or whatever you want to call it is within you. Mm. It's not outside of you. It's not like a God in the sky that that is in charge of your fate you are in charge of your fate you have the capacity to become absolutely happy using this buddhist practice and they very they very quickly said to me right i want you to chant because it's like chanting it's called namyaha renge kyo mm. um and they say if you chant namyaha renge kyo five minutes in the morning and five minutes in the evening for 30 days, write down your determinations, what you want to achieve and chant every morning and evening, five minutes five for 30 days, just to a blank wall. And I did that and I received like proof straight away. What was the proof? I stopped smoking at that time. I wanted to stop smoking and I did and I stopped. Um, that was one proof that I had within 30 days another proof in the 30 days was that my dad was paying for me at the time 
mm. um, to for my flat and everything like that. And I was chanting that I needed to to, to be fully self-supporting. AA sorted out my addictions for me and enabled me to stay clean and sober, but I've had to do a lot of other stuff to treat my mental health and my mm. trauma. So like um, running, the gym, yoga. I love hot yoga. Oh, so do yoga. I, Bikram yoga. Yeah, I love oh, it. <laughs> it is amazing. I absolutely, another massive tool that I use now, which is completely changing my whole journey, is called Access Consciousness. Yeah, yeah. And Access Consciousness is a set of tools and processes which help you to create your own reality beyond the insanities of this reality. Mm. So um, whether you want to change like your business, your relationships, your money situation, um, your mental health, your depression, your and they look at mental health as not being a bad thing. They look at mental health as being you're so acutely aware that you soak up everything else going on around you like a sponge. Mm. So you're not only aware of your stuff, you're aware of other people's depression and you lock yes. it into your body as if it's yours. Yes. And they talk about like 99% of your thoughts, feelings and emotions are not even yours. Well, that's why a lot of empaths, empath yes, yeah. they go through and mental health issues. Something yeah, because that I've, being I've an empath is very painful. Yes. It's like 100%. you're walking around with no skin and you're just soaking up. Literally, everything yeah. around you you can feel everything times a million 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 you you, you overfeel everything yes. so access consciousness has really helped me with that and then two years ago I came up with this business idea after a conversation with my brother which was really helpful and and I ended up creating alchemy vibes alchemy vibes took off very quickly now I'm on this journey with access consciousness and alchemy vibes That's incredible when you've got really bad mental health or trauma you are often dominated by the reptilian part of your brain I didn't even know we had a reptilian part of the brain I yeah, didn't even do. know that goodness back in cavemen days it was brilliant because if like a dangerous animal was like coming we'd run but when that reptilian part of your brain is overused because you're in traumatic situations so let's say you're in a violent relationship for years that reptilian part of your brain will always be activated because wow. you're in a dangerous situation and when you come out of that trauma your reptilian part of the brain is still dominating everything because it's it's it that's what it's used to it's used to you bit so a lot of people with mental health and trauma often function in the reptilian part of the brain and and that that cortisol and adrenaline the chemicals running around your body is is what's dominating you so it's you're constantly anxious and overwhelmed and yeah yeah frightened or terrorized however you're feeling depressed and so i became really interested in like tools to calm down the nervous system to help you stop operating from that part of the brain so I started becoming really interested in like essential oils and how smell Love them. and calm the nervous <laughs> system. Love them. And incense and sage and um, working with like angel cards and getting messages from angel cards and um, nature and things that you can put in your home 
to create like a sacred set, safe yeah. space. So Some like my flat is full of things like Himalayan salt lamps, candles, crystals, aromatherapy oils, little statues of Buddhas, um, because it all calms down my nervous system. So mm -hmm. at nighttime when I'm wanting to switch off, I can turn the lights off, put the Himalayan salt lamps on, put a couple of candles on, it just calms down the nervous ah, system. So it keeps you grounded. It like keeps you in flow, it keeps you balanced. Yes, absolutely. So I became really interested in that. And so I started selling things on Alchemy Vibes to help people to create a safe space in their home mm. where, so like operating from, um, I don't know if you've heard of Feng Shui. I have. So if you put citrine crystals in your shop, it's meant to attract wealth, wealth and abundance. Or if you're using rose quartz crystal, it will attract love and romance. So it's like using things like that, feng shuiing your home, because when you create a calm environment for yourself, mm. it can have a massive impact on your internal feelings yes. and your nervous system and your feelings of well-being. And um, if you if you're living in a cluttered environment and there's rubbish everywhere, you're going to feel like a bit out of control oh, and a bit yeah. anxious. Whereas if you're in a calm environment, you're you're going to be able to calm yourself down more and the nervous system so I became really interested in that I always have been interested in spiritual tools anyway it gave me a sense of purpose for a start it mm -hmm. personally I want to use my business as a platform to help people Amazing. you know to create a safe space in their environment and to have better mental health and emotional health and help people with addictions and things like that so alchemy vibes sells holistic tools, holistic products and, and my own treatment services using like access consciousness. And, you know, I do tarot reading and, and things like that as well. And I do life coaching and theta healing and things like that, because I want to use my experiences to help other people as well as just selling products. Yes. I don't want to be somebody's guru. Like mm. I don't want to be somebody else's higher power. And a lot of people in the spiritual world do that. You know, they, they make other people dependent on them. Yes. So they're always going for tarot card readings with that person because they oh, see that yes, Natalie, yes, as above them. But they do that in churches as well. They see yeah. like the pastors or the priests above them. And I've said yeah. this to people time and time again, everyone is equal. It's just that some people are more tapped in than others. Some people are more in tune, they're more aware of how gifted yeah. they are than others. But yeah, yeah. Then, <laughs> that's another story. A little bit further along in their journey and they're able exactly. to inspire and lead other people. Exactly. And that's, that's what I that's what I think spirituality is. It's not like, mm. um, you know, I'm a tarot card reader and you've got to come to me for all the answers for your mm. life. And you've got to keep coming and keep paying me to get answers. I I don't believe that. Like, I believe in True. giving other people the tools to yes. empower themselves. Yes. And that's what consciousness is. That's what spreading consciousness is actually about. There's a lot more ways to recover from addictions and mental health than just one. Yeah. You know, there's 100%. not just one way. Everybody's journey is different. And what mm -hmm. I'm saying is, has been my recovery journey today will be different for somebody else. Everybody has to find their own way of recovering and what works for them 
That is amazing. Natalie, goodness me. Just so, yeah, going back to, to see your transformation, it's just amazing. And on top of that, on top of Alchemy Vibes, you're doing it with a child, with a family. How yeah. on earth, how are you able to juggle the two? It's been very difficult, I'll be honest with you. So my son's three now. Um, yeah. Archie, Archie is the apple of my eye. I absolutely adore that boy with every fiber of my being I don't think I've ever felt love like it if Archie hadn't come around at that time I don't know what would have happened to me because I was so suicidally in despair every single day for months and months and months I mean I did not one day went by where I didn't feel suicidal it was like it was impossible for me to be in my being and my body because I was in so much mental emotional pain and turmoil Archie came along during this time and I really think that he came along for a reason he saved my life he was a wanted baby me and my husband had been trying for him and I remember um, you saying I remember you yeah messages and calls yeah remember yes and (laughs) he's changed my life and you know I dedicated the first year of Archie's life to taking him to baby groups play groups actually I lied the first 18 months you know we just it was just me being a Mm mum and I loved it but because I've got the type of brain I've got I like to be very active and I'm the type of person that needs 10 things going on at once yeah so like if I'm working I'll have the computer I'll have the telly on I'll have three tabs open on my computer. That's just how I create. (laughs) And I don't see it as a wrongness anymore. I used to see it as a wrongness. I used to be like, oh my God, I'm manic. I've got this going on. And it's not a wrongness. It's just how I create. It just works for you. Everything works for different people differently. And that's what works for you. (laughs) And then I started Alchemy Vibes and I had the most horrific mum guilt because I, th- I kept thinking, oh, my God, I'm such a bad mum. All I'm bothered about is this business and it's taken over. But I had a lot of support from my husband at that time. It mm. was difficult. I'm not going to lie because it was locked down. And I think um, me and my husband and Archie were all in the same house. I was working full time. Um, my husband is amazing, but he's 20 years older than me. So he gets tired more um more you know imagine having a baby at like a three-year-old at like 58 you know mm-hmm. it's like it was it was hard but we got through it and um and I'm trying to sort of get beyond that mum guilt by thinking well what am I showing Archie by doing this and what are my creations going to do for him and how can mm. I inspire him you yes. know so whenever I leave to go to my yoga or a Buddhist thing or something to do with my work I always feel guilty, but then I have to remind myself why I'm doing it. Yeah. Because if I'm not putting my self-care first, yes. then I'm not going to be a good mum. I need to do my, my Buddhist stuff. I need to have a purpose. I need to be creative. And it's about finding a balance between being a mum and doing that stuff. I'm going to put you on a spot right now, Natalie. What, what three tips would you give to mothers out there who are juggling motherhood alongside entrepreneurship I would say definitely have a time in the day or evening where you put your phone and your computer away you dedicate that time to your child and your family and your husband and you or you do something nice together I would also say to always put self-care first because it's like being 
in an aeroplane when you, you have to put your own oxygen mask on before you put your the next person's on because when you're doing self-care you're going to be a better mum anyway Mm -hmm. so don't listen to the mum guilt that says oh you need to get up and spend hours with your child doing this this and this and then you need to spend hours on the computer working for this this and this and then you'll finish at 11 o'clock at night and everybody will be in bed you know because you'll just exhaust yourself I did that for ages like I was juggling Archie and I felt guilty because I was on my computer all day and I wasn't I wasn't engaging with him as much as I wanted to. And then I thought, oh God, this isn't working. What else is possible here? That's something I always ask. What else is possible and how does it get better than this? And a childminder popped up and was like, oh, I need work. I need money. I can help. So then Archie would start going there and then this nurse, his, he started at nursery and that helps. But I always make sure that I have time that I dedicate to him each day, not buying into the guilt, mm, like left strange. it totally destroying and uncreating all that rubbish that makes us feel guilty because it's not true. Amazing. So what are your plans, Natalie? What are your future plans? Where do you envision alchemy vibes I am basically going to be doing things like lots of full moon, new moon ceremonies. I'm going to be doing lots of crystal sound healing stuff. A lot of people, when it comes to crystals, a lot of people think that it's like spooky. Oh no, it's beautiful. Exactly. (laughs) Crystals come from the earth and the properties of crystals can be really healing. And crystals are really calming to be around. Mm-hmm. I find and crystal sound healing is a beautiful modality I love that in the end I want to be using my social media as a platform to help other people and give them tools for their own mental health and I'm training to be a yoga teacher at the moment so I'm going to be doing like full moon yoga there's nothing that you can't do isn't it isn't it's it Natalie? Totally like you've fun. literally I love the fact that you you're constantly increasing your knowledge you know I love yeah. that that's what I do. I am a bit of a course junkie. I love doing <laughs> courses and learning I love about it. things. That's one good thing about my addiction. It's made, you know, addiction, if addiction is like an energy looking for a target. Mm. So if you channel it in the right way, it can become quite good. Like my obsessive nature gets things done. And my, you know, addictive personality makes me very determined. For people who are either watching or people who are listening, who are either going through addiction recovery or trauma recovery, what what would you say to those people right now? I would say to them, persevere, because you're going to go through pain before you get to the other side. It does get better. Try and keep things in the day Mm. or even in the next 10 seconds. Like try and become aggressively present and don't let the judgments of other people affect you. Yes. You have to make yourself visible in the world yes. and receive that judgment. Yes. Because if you don't make yourself visible, you're going to just stay hiding and small. Yes. A lot of my issues with trauma and mental health was mm-hmm. I want I don't want to be seen by anybody. I don't mm. want anyone to judge me or gossip about me or have anything bad to say about me at all. So I'll just hide behind closed doors Mm. in order to never be judged or in order to not have people look even look at me I couldn't even bear people looking at me I'd go what are you looking at Mm. I mean I was like one of those people you know and it's like in order for me to like start doing my my business has helped me grow in that way it sort of helped me develop 
a thick skin. Yeah. And then I'm able to take my business up to the next platform. And now I'm not as bothered about being visible because I'm Mm. more confident in myself as a woman than I was when I first started my business. And that's another great thing about Alchemy Vibes. It's helped me grow as a person and it's helped me to stop caring so much what other people think because there's always going to be someone out there that doesn't like it. People always Always. be judgmental. That's where my problem started. If you remember at the beginning, I was saying that I just wanted everyone to like me and that's how I ended up becoming a drug addict. I just wanted people to like me. Mm. If you're out there and you just want people to like you, you're not going to be able to get anywhere because not everyone's going to like you. And you have to, if you're going to start a creative project or a business, you have to be open to receiving that judgment. Yes. I'm going to be doing um, lots more Zoom calls and things on how to attract money, um, helping with people, helping people to attract more business, how to manifest. So there'll be lots of events coming up on my Facebook page. My name on Facebook is Lotus Flower. So if you wanted to add me as a friend on Facebook, that'd be great, but mainly Instagram. Also, I'm on TikTok. Um, My handle on TikTok is also Alchemy Vibes 11. So if you want to see things on there and I'm always posting products that I'm selling on there and things, you can have a look and see if anything interests you. Because I sell everything from like bohemian decor to celestial decor, ritual boxes, neon signs, crystals, jewelry, um, candles, aromatherapy stuff, like anything holistic I sell. So amazing thank you Natalie Natalie I must say oh my gosh to see your transformation over the years and from when we last saw each other at Mo it's just it's amazing it's so beautiful to see it's so beautiful to see that oh Archie and oh god I feel like I oh goodness (laughs) oh Oh, goodness (laughs) I tell myself I'm not going to cry, but ah, uh, this is like we're having a mo, isn't it? Um... <laughs> oh, I love you, darling. I love you too. Seriously, I love you so much. And to see how you've successfully managed to transform yourself and your life, I'm so happy for you. Thank you. That means the world. And I know that you've got an amazing future. You've got so much to look forward to. And I'm excited to see it. Oh, no, not even hope so. You have. Trust me, you have. told myself I'm not going to cry. Don't forget, you could keep up to date with Natalie Sykes and Alchemy Vibes at alchemyvibes.co.uk. I repeat, that's alchemyvibes.co.uk dot co dot uk you could also find them on instagram that is alchemy vibes 11 continue being awesome continue striving for your greater self keep smiling keep shining and most importantly have a beautiful day told myself